All right, welcome here to the Insatiable Podcast. We are here for another episode. Uh, your hosts are Evelyn Hale and Caitlin Newton. And Insatiable is the podcast for the woman who desires more in life. And we are here to give you tips for walking the path to feeling worthy, claiming the authenticity, pleasure, and joy that your soul desires. So we're very excited that you're here. And today we have a very special three-part episode for you. So we're going to be breaking down the feminine, the masculine, and polarity in three episodes because it's a very juicy, meaty topic. We knew we couldn't cover it all in just one episode. And there would be even what we could make this just, that's what this whole podcast is about. Like we're going to be talking about this ongoing, nonstop, but we wanted to give you kind of an intro to these concepts to break down some of your old perceptions of what you thought feminine and masculine really was. And maybe you thought what you thought polarity was, or maybe don't even know what that is. We're going to break it all down for you. So in the next few episodes, we're going to be talking about how to harness your feminine, your inner feminine and your inner masculine energy. We all have it. Uh, what is the feminine, including how femininity shows up as healthy or unhealthy, otherwise known as kind of the divine aspect or the toxic aspect. What is the masculine um, and how masculinity shows up in healthy and unhealthy ways. We're going to talk about how trauma, childhood trauma impacts your ability to be in a healthy energy in either side, feminine or masculine, as well as your relationship to the way that others in your life are embodying their feminine or their masculine. So touching on, you know, mother wounds, father wounds, toxic masculinity, toxic femininity, and all that. Um, we're going to talk about polarity and how it shows up in healthy and unhealthy ways. So polarity is something that a lot of people nowadays want. They want the polarity, but um, oftentimes it shows up in unhealthy codependent ways. So we're going to talk about that and how to shift out of that into a conscious polarity and give you practical tips to bring out the best in, um, your partner or your, whoever you're with to help shift them into more polarity. Um, we're going to give you some, uh, recommended resources and just try to help you understand more of who you really are fundamentally underneath all of this stuff. So um, we're going to talk a little bit before we dive into the feminine and the masculine about how we came into this work. Um, and we're also going to give you kind of a disclaimer. So I guess I'll just, I'll do the disclaimer first, the disclaimer before you listen to this episode, as well as the next couple of episodes is that the terms feminine and masculine can be seen through the lens of gender. And we often think femininity applies to women and masculinity applies to men, but we're speaking more on an energetic level here. When, when we say he, we're really referring to any one of any gender with a masculine core, a primarily masculine core. And when we say she, we're referring to anyone with a primarily feminine core of any gender. And this goes so beyond gender. So if you're not sure, if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know what my core is. We've got a quiz for you that you can take in the show notes that will tell you what your kind of your essence is right now. And that doesn't mean that it won't change, but if you're curious about what you're embodying right now, you can head to the show notes and take that quiz. Um, but we wanted to give you this disclaimer, just so you know, when we say the words he and she, we realize that that sounds gendered, but we're really trying to explain the concepts of femininity and masculinity that apply regardless of gender. Okay. So let's dive into our feminine masculine energy. Actually, let's, let's share a little bit about our, our background. So Caitlin, do you want to dive into how you came to this work and why you're interested in this work? Yes. Um, and I did want to add to the intro that these are archetypal energies. They are the archetype of the divine masculine and divine feminine that we were talking about. They are ancient archetypal energies. And the purpose of archetypes 
is to help you understand and see yourself in your own patterns from these like pure archetypes. So this is understanding your own energetic makeup um, and really how your soul chose to express itself through this energy and this body in this lifetime. So it's really just about a deeper understanding of yourself, a layer of yourself, behavioral patterns, um, and you will evolve with that information as you will. So what brought me to this work um, was definitely a lot of repeated relationship patterns with different people with the same person over and over again, getting the same outcomes, repeating the same history, and finally kind of getting to the point where, you know, I think we all get on our journey where we're like, am I the problem? <laughs> like, is it something, something I'm doing wrong? So I started to really like look inward and kind of my beginning phase of breaking apart the soulmate wound of, you know, waiting for that soulmate to come along and be my perfect match and make everything right. Instead, I was like, okay, there's something that I'm doing wrong here, or perhaps that I am just repeating patterns like in this loop. So I, I really wanted to just start to look at that. Um, I don't exactly remember what triggered this conversation between Evelyn and I, but about a year and a half ago, she recommended a book to me and she said, only read it if you're ready to take full responsibility for your part in these patterns. And I was like, well, yeah, that's exactly what I need. So I read this book. It's called The Queen's Code by Alison Armstrong. Definitely recommend reading it if you're looking to take personal responsibility for yourself here. Um, and so I read that book and it just highlighted everything, like so many little patterns that I didn't even realize were patterns. Um, and I know a couple of the biggest ones for me were not being able to like create space to allow a man to step up into the role that I wanted. And my just simplest example of this is, you know, we hear the term or idea that chivalry is dead these days. Um, and with that is a simple example of holding open doors. Um, but I have found the problem is not necessarily that men are not opening doors, but rather I was not pausing to give them the chance to open the door. And that goes across many themes in relationships. So a practice as simple as that, when I started this work, I would literally slow down. If I was out with a friend, a partner, anybody, I would not open the door. I would just wait. But creating that space with that intention, they opened it every time. And that applies to so many aspects of relating. So it was just little shifts like that, that I actually started seeing massive changes and creating the space and assuming positive intention um, led to some of, to truly break free from however many years of patterns I had adopted and learned from my parents and TV and everything. So this has really been the turning point for me as far as relationships go. Thank you. It sounds, so it sounds like a relationship that you had led you to this work because you saw how you were contributing to a dynamic that you weren't happy with. And then you started to shift as you learned like, oh, I see why it's been this way. Yes, it did trigger it. It was actually, I was, I have had this on again, off again relationship since 2014. And we go through this phase of like, oh, are we going to start doing this again? And we had started spending time together again. And I was like, hmm, I, I kind of was able to sit back from more awareness and meditate on it and wonder like, okay, what's different. And when I was meditating, um, it's actually something I got from the Akashic Records about on again, off again, relationships and repeating relationships was that it doesn't matter about the past energetics of the relationship. What matters is the future energetics and intention. And I didn't totally understand what that meant. And I do think that actually triggered the conversation initially between Evelyn and myself. So when I was identifying the old energy versus the energy I wanted, I realized they they were totally different. Um, and that was when I was faced with my own contributions toward the energetics repeating themselves mm. and that I had to get real about what I wanted. Yeah. So good. And so relatable. And I'm sure so many people 
are here listening to this right now, because they have a similar situation of like that repeating pattern up in either in a the same relationship or different relationships, but noticing that pattern. So for me, how I came into the, my interest and my curiosity about femininity and masculinity, um, really started about two years ago when I started to do some really deep trauma healing work around my sexual trauma as a child. Um, and so I don't think I need to do a trigger warning cause I'm not going to dive into it really deeply, but I uncovered some, um, some more details about the trauma that I experienced a couple of years ago through embodiment work and through embodiment work, we can access memories that had been previously unconscious. So I brought back some memories and well, I should, I shouldn't say I brought them back. They were feeling ready to be raised to the surface. So they did. And when I, um, when I was going through all of that, I went through a massive healing and I came, I really came into my sexuality. I feel like it was kind of a sexual awakening for me from years and years of like kind of being sexually repressed, unfortunately, to then having this beautiful awakening in my thirties. And, um, from that point forward, I started to start, start to see like Instagram posts and things that honestly at the time really triggered me. And I remember one post in particular was by Maddie moon, Madeline moon on Instagram. And if you don't follow her, you definitely need to follow her because she's like the Holy grail of (laughs) she's the, she's the Holy grail. She's like our, um, our Mary Magdalene, like we worship her. She's amazing. Um, but I, but at the time, two years ago, when I first, I think somebody sent me a post, one of my friends sent me a post by her and it was something about a man dominating a woman. And it was like, but it was like sexy. And on the one hand I was intrigued and sort of turned on. So like a part of me was like, Oh, interesting. But then like the other bulk of me, let's say like 75% of me was like, no, like just a very much like a, like a no. And so I was very confronted because then those are moments in our lives where we should really pay attention. Cause if you're feeling on the one hand intrigued, like you can't help, but look, but on the other hand, you're feeling repulsed by it. There's something for you there. So I knew there was something for me there and I kept following her and I kept being triggered by her, but eventually it broke through. And I started to that's when I started to really dig in and learn. And so I started reading all the books and that's what we're going to talk to you about today. Um, but what it, what it revealed for me was a deep wound around my own feminine and my masculine and my inability to really be in, um, a receiving space. And I was in a very, very masculine space myself. So with that said, our intro is done. We can dive into the feminine and what that really means. And I want to share I guess before we dive into the feminine, I want to give a perspective of both sides from a purely energetic standpoint from like from nature. And as Caitlin said earlier, they're archetypes. They're just, they're just energies and archetypes that go back to the beginning of existence. Um, So regardless of gender, you have these energies inside of you. Nature has these energies in, in it. Um, All things have these energies. So when you think of the masculine, the masculine is form. The masculine is structure and it is stillness and it is depth. So think form, structure, depth, and stillness. Those are like the four things I like to think about as far as the masculine energetics. And then the feminine is the flip side. So instead of being form, it's the formlessness. It's the formless. It's the thing without any form. It's the water. Um, instead of having structure, it's the flow within the structure. Instead of being, um, instead of going like deep, it goes wide and it's full, it's the fullness. And then instead of being still, it's movement. So those are two ways of juxtaposing the, um, the energies together. And I think it's important that we that we learn the, the ends of the spectrum so we can see where we fall because it really is a spectrum. It's not just you're either form or you're formless. You're either still, or you're moving. There's all the shades of gray. That's really where we exist is in the middle. But if we bookend it, then we can start to see, okay, where am I more leaning and where do I actually want to be? Um, anything else you want to say about that, Caitlin, before we dive into the feminine? I'm sure we'll get into this more, but Evelyn and I have both 
um, occupied the extreme of both. <laughs> so we have both done both even until we did eventually find like that medium. And I would say we're still constantly uncovering that natural expression, but we have both in an unhealthy way, completely occupied the masculine side before we were uh, consciously aware of these energies. And then once we started to learn about them, I think we both occupied the far end of the feminine side, just to kind of feel into that other side of what that was. And I don't know that that was necessarily done with that intention, but when we were learning about it, it was like, oh, I wonder what it's like to really be on that side because neither of us have ever done it. Um, but then eventually I, I think we did grow out of that too, because we're like, okay, you know, that's not like, I'm a Virgo. I love planning. I'm not going to stop planning because that's not the archetypal feminine thing to do. You know, you're going to find your own things that don't necessarily align with that. And then getting into the ebbs and flows of your own energy. Mm, yeah. I love that. And Caitlin and I are the examples of going to the extremes and we're going to be very honest with you about that. We're never going to sit here and say, Oh, I'm just balanced because we're not. And, um, like, yeah, there's like, we could even talk about balance versus harmony. I'm sure we'll talk about that, but, um, but yeah, we, we've definitely gone all the way into either polls and we can share with you what we've learned through that and how to really find and feel into what feels good for you. So, um, so where you might be right now, some of the toxic or unhealthy aspects of, uh, let's say you're a feminine identified being or someone who let's just say you want to be in your feminine. Okay. You could be any gender. Let's say you want to be in your feminine. What draw, what drew you here is probably the fact that you're not there, right? Like you're, you want to be more in your feminine, but you're feeling like you're not. So some of the things you might be feeling right now are um, feeling heavily guarded. You might feel like you have your guard up all the time. Nobody can really penetrate you. Maybe you don't even accept compliments. I know that was for me um, a big aspect of my, my inability to be in my feminine was not being able to receive like, obviously I could receive the compliment because someone could say it to me and I, I would listen, but really letting it sink in. That was something I couldn't do. Um, I was, I was tired all the time. I was not satisfied. I, I, no matter how many compliments I received, it wasn't enough. It was almost like I was a plant whose roots couldn't absorb the water. So the water is being poured on me and I couldn't absorb it. I also had such a toxic relationship with men um, not necessarily my partner, but just my view, my view on men was that they were, um, either lazy or incompetent or, um, uninterested on, um, unavailable cold. Those were, that was my, my view on most men. Like most men are just unavailable. They're uninterested. They don't want to help. They want your, they want the woman to do everything. Um, so that led me to be in my masculine, like super duper in my masculine. And we'll talk, obviously we've got a whole other episode coming all about the masculine. Um, but I say all that to talk about the feminine, because that's usually where women find themselves and where the feminine people find themselves. Anything else you want to say about the like kind of unhealthy feminine or like where, where feminine essence beings might find themselves at the beginning of their journey? Yeah, I would say another expression of that would also be thinking you have to do everything yourself, like that no one is there to support you or help you or provide for you. Um, from my own experience where I started, it was, I was in school full-time and working full-time and there was, I didn't give myself the space to create um, anything to receive support from someone else, family included. I was very much like, oh, I have to do everything because men are unreliable. So I, I have to remind my partner to pay the bills because I know he won't do it otherwise. And like not even giving that space for them to like have taken care of the bills. Instead, I created that dynamic where I was like, I can't trust you. I can't rely on you. So I'm just going to do this. And like stubbornly independent. Independence is wonderful, but there's a difference between conscious independence and individuality versus rageful independence, which is, I know, something that a lot of women can relate to. Right. And I mean, there's so few examples and people that I talk to who have had healthy role models for either feminine or masculine. So 
it's not your fault. Like it's not, it's not your fault for being in that hyper-masculine energy. Um, and yeah, so what I noticed for myself was that as I was like watching Madeline moon, and as I was reading these books, I was sort of like, as we, as Caitlin just mentioned, like swinging too far in the other direction. So I went from being overly in my masculine to being like, okay, I have to do and be everything to, oh, there's another way. So it was like, someone had opened a door to femininity. And so femininity is about receiving and it's about, um, surrender, surrendering to the, the, what the universe and what your partner and what your friends and your family want to give you. And so I was like, oh, I definitely want to walk through that door. So I walked all the way through that door and what ended up happening for me was I kind of became a little bratty and I became a little entitled and I sort of was like, okay, I'm going to completely stop everything I'm doing over here in the masculine. And I'm going to stop, um, trying to overachieve and and go out and, and, um, initiate and assert myself. I'm just going to kind of lean back and receive. And to my surprise, uh, my partner at the time. So I was in a 14 year relationship. Um, and this was close to the end of the 14 years. But so to my surprise, my partner didn't automatically magically lean in and start giving to me because the dynamic was, you know, 12, 13 years of me in my masculine. And we had met under that and with that energy, me and my masculine being the type a, I'm going to pay the bills. I'm going to, um, basically like, you know, manage you like, sadly, I'm going to manage you. I'm going to, um, I'm going to take responsibility for you to make sure that no balls get dropped because I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable or safe allowing the, you know, me as part of the relationship to look bad. Like even examples, like, you know, let's say we're going to go to a party, um, the baby shower or something. And, um, together collectively, like we're, we're the, collective friends of the couple that we're going to go celebrate, I would be the one to get the gift. I would be the one to get the card. I would be the one to say, okay, we have to leave in 15 minutes. I would be the one to be like, oh, you're wearing that. Maybe you should wear something else. I would be the one to like do, you know, plan and do and structure everything. And all of a sudden I decided I'm going to, okay, I'm going to stop all that. Just cancel, (laughs) delete, and I'm going to just sit back and receive. And to my surprise, he didn't just automatically switch into masculine. And so that was a difficult thing for me was seeing that when you go from one extreme to the other, there's definitely a transition time, but I did start to notice some, um, some positive things shift, but I'll, I'll pause there and see if you wanted to share anything, Caitlin. Um, yeah, that was uh, kind of a similar experience for me. And while my partner did kind of shift more into it, I found that my biggest struggle was like, oh, I'm just going to like be led now. Like after spending so many years, like fearlessly leading myself, um, sometimes blindly, but still leading myself. And then like, just like one day waking up, throwing the reins over and like, all right, I'm done. And then, you know, letting him lead me. But like, it's not his responsibility to know exactly where to bring me or like how I like to do things, you know? So I was just kind of letting him take the complete lead. And I was like, oh, but like, I would have wanted to probably do this more. So it's, and like, sometimes, yeah, you know, you can let them do that. But 100% of the time I started to just feel powerless. Like it wasn't, I didn't feel like I was being led from an empowered place on my part, but rather like I'd thrown in the towel and I was like, well, I don't want to have no say in anything we do. I don't like that feeling. Um, and I loved that he did step up and lead me, but there were parts of myself that I feel like I was silencing because I was like, well, no, I, I have to just be led almost like I was forcing myself into an obedient position. Um, And that didn't feel good either because we do have things, we do have desires and things that we're here to do. And it's not our partner's job to know exactly what those are or lead us to that. Yeah. I like the way you described that. And I got the image of like a, a a relay baton. Like if you play a relay race, you pass on this baton um, to the next person. And it's sort of like, 
I know for myself, I, I was very much like, someone's going to have to carry this baton. So if I don't carry it, then like here, it's fully yours. Like, I don't want to have anything to do with it. Like you, you take it, you know? And I think what I've learned through the trial and error over the last couple of years is that you still have to be responsible as a feminine essence being, you can't abdicate the responsibility for your life um, and expect someone to fully take over for you. That's actually um, a very childish, it's like an inner child wound. It's like the part of us that wanted to be fully loved and adored and unconditionally supported as a child. Maybe we weren't, most of us weren't fully unconditionally loved. And so um, we might be looking for that from our partner. And that is why we go to that extreme. All right, guys, we're interrupting this episode to let you know about our free relationship coaching sessions. That's right. Each month we're giving away one free relationship coaching session to a listener of this podcast on this coaching session. We're going to dive deep into the patterns that exist within your relationship and give you tips on how to drop deeper into your femininity, release the toxic masculinity so that you can have a healthier relationship with more polarity for a chance to win. Simply review the podcast on Apple podcasts, screenshot your review and email it to us at support at evelynhale.com or DM it to us on Instagram. And the links for Caitlin and my Instagram accounts are in the show notes. Now back to this episode. I realized that we didn't go through the list um, of feminine traits. So I'll read these off now and we'll um, maybe we can, I can might be able to put them in the show notes, but these are actually from a woman named bell. Um, and on Instagram, her handle is at pussy flowers, <laughs> but the it's P V S S Y F L O W E R S. I want to give her credit because these are incredible. Um, and this is a free download from her website, but she has it listed out in three categories. So she has undeveloped and then out of balance and then embodied. So for the feminine energy, you can either have an undeveloped feminine energy, which is like, you're almost like an immature type of feminine, or you can have a toxic out of balance feminine energy where you're like too far in like a dark feminine, um, an aggressive feminine, or you can be in the last category, which is a healthy embodied, really sovereign kind of energy. So I'll read these off. So the undeveloped feminine She's in a waiting energy, an energy where you're waiting for someone else to do it for them, um, to provide for, for you. Um, and you're waiting for a person or a situation to change to what you want them to be. You're draining. You can be nagging. You can be a doormat, helpless, distrusting. You're seeking love through others. No, no sense of self-love. You're fully submitting. So like we said, like just here you do it. Like I'm going to fully submit your, you take everything personally. Um, you are blind to red flags. That's a big one. We can talk about that. Um, so you're kind of like in denial constantly. You're unable to receive. You're always needing to be, see, or act positive. So that's like the toxic toxic positivity. If, if you have to find the silver lining in everything, like, you know, you get in a car accident and then two seconds later, you're like, well, it could have been worse. Like give yourself a moment to just register that, you know, that was actually pretty hard. Um, so toxic positivity, you're, um, hiding. So you could be like withdrawing and protecting yourself by trying to be invisible. You're codependent, you're needy living in fantasies, um, having a victim mentality and looking for outer validation. So that's, that's a lot. And you might see yourself in some of these probably won't see yourself in all of these. When I list all of these out, when I go to the next category, just, just notice, like maybe write down one or two of the key phrases or words that you do exhibit. And you'll start to notice that you're not all undeveloped or you're not all toxic and you're not all healthy. You're, we can all be a little bit of everything. So the out of balance, um, kind of toxic feminine, she is smothering. So that's like that smother mother archetype. She flies off the handle. She can perform. So the idea here with performing is, um, your, 
trying to control through an act. So like if I act like I'm nice and if I act like I, like I'm having a good time, then other people will like me. So it's actually performing can actually be very controlling and manipulative. Um, the out of toxic or the out of balance feminine is also um, using sexual extremes. So she uses sexuality for control to get something. So she'll either withhold sex to incentivize her partner to do something, or she'll use sex to kind of like manipulate and draw uh, a partner in and keep a partner because she knows that that's what they want. She is manipulative. She is emasculating and emasculating. Um, I'll save that. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> emasculating. She guilt trips. Um, she's impenetrable. She's pressuring. She, um, is bulldozing boundaries. So she doesn't care about boundaries. She's punishing. Um, she's into drama. She's dramatic. She's judgmental. She's suspicious. She's blaming. She can't manage her own emotions. She's like a volcano. She's vengeful. Um, she can be addicted and she's demanding. So I know a few of those. I, uh, I have struggled with, and then lastly, the healthy embodied feminine. So this is where we all want to be, whether you're man, woman, um, any gender, the embodied feminine. So the embodied feminine is trusting. Um, she's able to receive from the, the universe and from her partner. She is flexible. She is experiencing pleasure. She is open. She's understanding she's in the present. So she's present in the moment. Um, she's creative. She is seeking to experience love through being love and through giving love. She's intuitive. Um, she's strongly connected to her inner self. She's accepting, um, it's just practicing acceptance. She's responsive, collaborative. She's got a healthy emotional management, um, an authentic emotional range. So not toxically positive, but also not suppressing things. She actually expresses her emotions. She's not threatened by the masculine. And that's a big one. She's not threatened or fearful of, of a healthy masculine. She's receptive to a healthy masculine, but she also knows when there's an unhealthy masculine, she knows what to do. Um, she's connected oriented, uh, or sorry, she's, she's connection oriented. She, she wants connection. She's playful. Um, she feels her feelings. She lets her feelings wash over her. She's able to surrender. She's vulnerable and she's in touch with her sensuality. I'm just going to drop the mic right there. Boom. <laughs> and I know this sounds like it's so much, so many things between these three different categories and just all the characteristics but this is something that will integrate over time. And this is something that I know on our podcast, we, it will continually come up because it's continually developing um, and changing and applies to so many different areas of life. So while this might seem like a lot at first, it's really, it's attainable. And there's so many resources out there and so many people teaching about these things too, that you really, you are supported in this journey. If this is appealing to you or calling to you at this time. So it seems like a lot right now. You don't have to go and drop everything, you know, feel free to start small. Although Evelyn and I joke about this. We are the all in kind of people where we're like, nope, dropping all my masculine, all toxic feminine, going hard into embodied feminine. Um, if that's your approach, you can try that too. Um, it, it's a lot, but it's, it's attainable and it's supported to learn. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to just get that list out there because this is our intro episode. And when people are listening to the podcast, I want them to have a place they can go back to and just get that full list. Um, and again, you can download that by going to the account I mentioned earlier. Um, I'm not sure we're going to be able to put the whole list in the show notes. I think it's probably going to be too long, but, um, we'll keep referring back to that. So let's, I'm just looking back at the notes. Okay. The other thing I wanted to talk about in this episode is the, the, biological evolution of humans and how that intersects with the energies of feminine and masculine. And this is a little bit complex and there's probably going to be more episodes where we're going to want to talk about this, but, um, I just want to briefly touch on this to kind of plant the seed for the listeners that while at the beginning of the episode, we did say that masculine and feminine are just energies and they apply to all things. 
um, there's kind of a layer that we have to add on to that. So that is true. But then also we have had a history of gender and we have had a history of um, times where uh, like femininity has been repressed intentionally, like by the masculine and, and, and there's just lots of, there's lots of things where we kind of have to add gender back in. So it's like, we want to come in and, and tell you take gender out, but then we have to gently bring it back in to orient you and help you understand how complex this really is. So just to give a little bit of his, uh, historical perspective and um, this comes from my studies with Alison Armstrong and I've been through her, um, her courses and her courses are amazing because she talks about the evolution of, of humanity and the evolution specifically of, of women and men and how, um, as we have evolved, we've gone from being hunters and gatherers to being in this very kind of civilized, equal, egalitarian society. So from the beginning of our species, we were hunters and gatherers and women were gatherers, men were hunters, and we had to have these biological kind of instincts. And the the male instinct was to hunt and, and to be very single focused. And so she talks in her in her teachings and in her books about men being single focused, meaning that um, and you can apply the word masculine to this as well, but she talks about it from the lens of, of gender, the, that men, um, are kind of like, have like a laser beam. So think of like a hunter hunter with a gun and he's focused on the deer. You have to be, you have to be able to like, let everything fall away out of your awareness and focus on the deer. If you want to survive that's survival meanwhile women women's instinct was to gather that was the way that we survived as a species because women were out and they were harvesting so our biological instinct was to scope out and have like a diffuse awareness of the environment around us and we're not single focused so when we go into a room and there's lots of clutter that clutter is yelling at us it's like literally like screaming like, ah, and men, that's why men have a hard time sometimes finding an object in a lot of clutter. They will just not see it. It's just to them, it's not there. And that's why sometimes women are like, do you, it's, are you looking with your eyes? <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> I used to say that to my ex-husband, like, are you looking with your eyes though? Because it's right there. Um, so I am using gender here because of the, uh, the biology of it. So we, we have that biology and it's really not been that long since we were hunters and gatherers, really, when we think about it in the terms of the, um, the timeline of our evolution, we've been hunters and gatherers more than we've been in this sort of equal society. So now that we're really trying to be 50, 50 men and women equally hunting and gathering quote unquote, like nowadays hunting would be equated to going out and working in a career and bringing home the money um, and gathering could probably be equated to the housekeeping and the, ho and the homemaking and all of that. So we're trying to become more 50, 50 and our biology is kind of working against us in some of those ways. And we'll talk with you more about how to work with the nuances of that, because that can be very difficult. Um, but it's kind of an art form. Like we're literally just practicing and trying to embody both the, the hormonal and the biological uh, layers of our humanity, along with our like energetic instinct of what we're drawn to, if that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. And there's, and now that we are doing like the 50-50 thing, you know, a man, a biological man and biological woman, um, energetic masculine, energetic feminine based beings may be going in to work and doing the same job. But now we are in a place where we can do that same job, but find an authentic way to do it. So the way that he does it in authenticity may not be the same way that she does it in authenticity. And that's something I have been experimenting with a lot over the past year in my job um, is getting the same results and having the same goals, but doing them in a way that is aligned with who I am at my core, my core energy and my female evolutionary brain. So it's been having to kind of use the energy differently because in the past, I feel 
women have been expected to do the job as a male. So completely disregarding their femininity and their feminine strengths and trying to embody the male instead. And that was how I think, like I would say probably the nineties and early two thousands with the feminist movement, that's what it was built around. It was like, oh, we're equals. And then women were being expected to provide results in the exact same way that men are, but there's a whole different set of superpowers that women can bring to the table to provide different kinds of results. And that's where we're at right now, where we can change this expected 50-50 of women can also be the provider. We can do it in a way that's empowering, that feels good, that's in alignment with ourselves too, and doesn't lead you to burnout because it's against your natural energy and flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. And there's something you said earlier that I I feel like we didn't touch on enough that I think is really important. You said that a turning point for you was seeing the, um, I don't know how you phrase it, but positive intent. Did you say positive intent? Yeah. Positive intent. Yeah. To me, that is such a, that was a huge turning point for me as well. Um, And it helped me, it it took me a while to shift into that belief in positive intent. But what that to me really meant was going from a perspective of men versus women, like we're, we're antagonistic and it's like girl power. Like we have to be super powerful because men are trying to keep us down. You know, I came from a very feminist lens and, um, I really believed, I mean, there's so much that my, my history with that is so deep and so broad, um, as to why I felt that way for so long. Like I wrote a paper in my, um, in my first college, one of my first college classes when I was like 19, um, it was an English class. And I wrote the paper was like, chauvinism is dead. Like, or, or, or no, uh, chivalry, sorry, chivalry, chivalry is dead. Yeah. I, I wrote a paper called chivalry is dead and I still have it. And I, I looked at it like, last year or sometime. And I was like, wow, 19 year old me hated men hate Like I hated a man opening the door because to me at that, at that time in my life, a man opening a door was, was akin to him saying, you are less than me. You are a weak person. That is how it felt to me. Now that's not what they meant by that. That is what it felt like to me because of the beliefs that I had adopted and had been taught. So Um, I've come so full circle to much like you, Caitlin, where I'm like, you want to open the door for me? That is so delightful. Like you are so sweet. That is so thoughtful, um, regardless of gender. But of course, when a man does it, it's really nice. Um, so I think the positive intent thing for me took me a while to kind of surrender to that belief. And it is something I think I had to surrender to. It's not something that it's not like math where you learn a principle and you're like, Oh, that makes sense. Okay. I I understand how addition and subtraction works. So I believe in addition and subtraction. It's not that kind of thing where you, you read it and you're like, Oh, that makes sense. Right. Okay. I believe that there's positive intent. Now it's the kind of thing you have to feel, you have to feel it in your body. And for me, I was like looking around at the men in my life and, um, and, and analyzing them. And I was really like assessing do you have a positive intent? And as I started to look at them with a fresh set of eyes, this fresh perspective, I started to see them in a whole new way. I was like, Oh my God, all this time I have assumed that your behaviors were like an insult to me and like a, a way to suppress me, but, Oh, I've had it all backwards. I've had it all wrong. And now I see men in just such a most positive light, but I had to, I really had to learn some of the evolutionary biology things from Alison Armstrong, which is why I think people should start with her, um, her work. If, if you're starting in that place of like not trusting men, start with her work because her work explains why we believe that and why, why men actually aren't the enemy. Um, but once that, once that clicked for me, I was able to then really soften and be like, Oh, they do want to protect me. I completely agree with that. Yes. And I, earlier, when you had listed the embodied feminine qualities from that post, um, one of them was trusting of men. And I made a note on that because I know that if I had heard that like three years ago, I would have been so triggered because I, I could almost like hear the echo of old Caitlin saying, ah, 
trust men. <laughs> like they don't deserve, like they haven't done anything for me to trust them. Like, you know, just, I, how dare you say I should just trust men? Like they have shown me nothing but distrust, you know? Um, and I know that that's the trigger for a lot of people because uh, like Evelyn had said, that's kind of the lens that you view the world from at a young age when you are set with that belief. And while just, you know, letting your guard down and trusting men seems like a lot, it does start with the conscious decision to one, forgive past experiences. Choosing to forgive doesn't erase them, but it does choose to move forward and not be held hostage by previous interactions. Um, and really making the decision to remove yourself and see things differently, seeing things through a different lens. Um, and I know one example of that for me was when my boyfriend at the time, we were going out to dinner and I remember making a very dramatic statement about how hungry I was. And, you know, I was teetering on the edge of hangry. And so, and in that moment, I unknowingly gave him my need for food. Like I was like, if I don't get this food, I will surely die. Um, and he, the provider in him, the hunter in him was like, I have to get my woman food. And so I remember driving to get food and the light was red. And instead of waiting at the red light, like I would have done, uh, he went forward and did a U-turn to like get there all of one and a half seconds faster than had we just waited at the light. And I remember being in the car and this was right after I started this work. And I remember that initial thought of like, why couldn't he just wait at the red light came through. But then I like paused and I was like, because he's in providing mode, he's in hunting mode, he's in single focus. He's not thinking like, I guess I could wait at the light. He's in like, no, Caitlin needs food. I'm getting her food. We are getting there. Like he was in that hunting mode. And then when I was able to see it in that way, I was like, I, I had so much respect for him in that moment and so much honor. And I saw the honor and integrity in his decision to not wait at the light and instead go straight. Yeah. Um, and it just shifted like, and it's just little examples like that, that our days are made of where our assumptions are, are running through the subconscious for us without us actually assessing them for what they are and choosing to see the positive intent in them. Mm. Yes. And I, I realized too, that people might be listening to this and being triggered. And I think if you are being triggered by this, then listen to that, like, listen to the part of you that's being triggered and ask yourself, what does that part need to say? And what do I need to heal through this? Um, not to say that you should blindly trust us or blindly just listen to what we're saying, but trust that the trigger is bringing something up for you because usually coming into this type of work is very triggering. And we've built, we've both gone through massive, massive triggers to be able to kind of see for ourselves that it feels true. So we're not here to say like universally, this is true because some people will listen to this or they probably won't listen to this because this doesn't appeal to them. But some people, if we told them um, this kind of way of looking at the world, they would be like, they would just walk away, roll their eyes because they're happy living in their belief set that, uh, that we, that we don't have that masculine and femininity are not needed to be harnessed. We, we don't really need to harness them. We can just all be equal, equal genders, no real differences. And what Caitlin and I are kind of saying is that, um, you can have a beautiful and al almost more, well, not almost like you can have a more artful, more joyful, more pleasurable life through embracing the differences. So we're here to em embrace those, to embrace the differences. Um, so I realize we're kind of running late on time. So I want to talk about practices for reclaiming your femininity. And we'll definitely, definitely have more tips over time as we go deeper into this podcast. Um, but one of the things for me with reclaiming my feminine, that was really big was, um, number one, learning to be in my body and how I learned to be in my body was there were a lot of like little things that added up. So I will say that 
there's no wrong way to be in your body. For some people, they like yoga. For some people, they like to go for a walk. Some people just like to kind of sit and almost like in a meditative sense, just feel their body. But the, the best thing for me that I've done over the past two years has been learn how to dance. And it's not a, a learning necessarily of like a, this is how I move my body kind of learning, but it's been a surrendering and a trusting of the way my body wants to move. So you might not even call it dance. Like if you saw the way that I moved my body, um, some people would look at that and go, that's not dancing. And, and to that, I would say, okay, cool. Like call it whatever you want, but the movement, the movement that comes up and out of my body is really helping me connect to my feminine wisdom, um, and my feminine, like essence, because that it is, it is like we said at the beginning of the episode, it is movement and it is flow. So if you don't let your body move and flow ever, how can you expect yourself to emotionally move and flow or energetically move and flow? Uh, but what tips do you have, Caitlin? I would say that's been a big one too. Um, I just posted a story on my Instagram, like maybe a week or two ago. And I was just drinking a smoothie and like dancing to some music in the background. And it was like 15 seconds, but it was just one of those moments where I'm like, God, I am always moving. Like I'm always just kind of dancing and flowing with it. And like, you know, a couple of years ago, I was so rigid, like that would have never took place in my kitchen, you know? And it was just so nice to like, so innocent and joyful to like witness myself just existing in that way. And it's, it, felt so pure, you know, and I I really do think that movement is a big one. And it's, it was awkward at first. There were definitely like being the, the version of me that I am. I, you know, in the beginning, I'd be like, all right, we are, we are dancing for 15 minutes, you know, but I needed that structure to kind of like, okay, you have a 15 minute, like almost creating a safe space, almost like invoking that inner masculine to create that safe space for myself to be like, okay, 15 minutes. And it can be, it doesn't have to be like bachata or anything, but sometimes it was just kind of hands and knees, like a lot of like flowing cat and cow pose from yoga or like even laying down, like starting to lay down and just kind of like feel pressing the shoulder blades into the ground one at a time going with the movement. Um, it can take any form. Um, another thing that's been really helpful in specifically with movement, because I know it's uncomfortable for a lot of people. Um, but finding different playlists that capture different emotions too. And like sticking with that with music you've never heard before, because with that, you don't like have an idea of what sound is coming. You don't know what beat is next. You don't know what words are coming up. You're really just letting your body surrender to the container of that specific song or playlist and letting it flow through you. And that has been like, that's something I just started doing in the past six months. And that has been wildly expansive to my body, the way I move, the way I flow, because I'm the kind of person that's listened to the same playlist for like four years. And like, so I don't have a whole big range of motion in that like 20 song playlist of mostly Taylor Swift. Um, so switching to like music, I've never listened to before different styles. Everything has created so much freedom in my body and my way to express myself in an embodied way. Mm. I love that. And on that note, we have a playlist for you listeners and it'll be linked in the show notes. It's called the insatiable podcast playlist. And, um, I think it's, I think it's great. I mean, I'm biased. Caitlin and I have been working on it for a couple of months. Um, so you can definitely check that out if you want some new music, the vibe we're going for really is that insatiable feminine who just hungers and yearns for more. So, see with that said, I feel like I want to just offer beginners like a really simple practice. So I would say for someone who really doesn't know what, what they should do to start. Cause when I work with, with students, I have a course called embodied healing. And when I work with students in that course, I've heard some, some of them say, can you just show me, like, can you please just show me how to move because they really don't feel comfortable just literally doing it on their own. Um, so I think a practice for the listeners would be take five minutes, like set a five minute timer on your phone, sit in a chair, close your eyes and just allow your shoulders to move. Like intuitively, if you're watching this in the Facebook group, you can see my shoulders, but just like intuitively start to move your shoulders, like back and forth, up and down. 
and close your eyes and then start to move your head like side to side. And then just allow, see if you can allow the rest of your body to start to move as well. Like your arms might want to move, your hands might want to move. Um, but just start with your shoulders because it's hard. It's really, really hard. Easy for me now to say, well, just move, just get up and move. But I remember, I remember the, the first, um, stages of this, of just being so uncomfortable with my body and with my body moving. So if you're really struggling, then just start there, have a five minute practice, put some music on, close your eyes, move your shoulders. And the goal is just to keep moving for five minutes. And even if it's just shoulders up and down for five minutes, then you did your practice. And that's amazing. And just do that. Um, do that a few times a week and then build up another, you know, go on to the next practice that you feel called to do. Yes, that's such a good place to start. Um, and one thing, if anyone listening is anything like me, I always question like, why, like, what's the purpose? Like, okay, what's the purpose of me doing this? You know, like, what does it do? Um, and one, having experienced this um, in my own life, I would just say more freedom, like going with the flow, moving more freely, expressing more authentically, um, being able to move emotions through me with ease instead of letting them sit and dwell and fester. But in the terms of what this does with the masculine and relating, um, I remember a moment like dancing in the kitchen and having my partner at the time comment saying like I just love when you do that and for me it was like such a tiny little movement that I didn't think much of and I was like well why and he's like it's just something that like you're not going to be in a male locker room and see like you're not going to see and he was in the military so this was you know he has experience with that he's like it's something that you know being deployed you just miss you miss like the the innocence and the flow and the purity that comes with the way that women move. And he may have not used this exact wording, but this was the gist of what he was saying. And it was like, it's just something that like wakes up my heart. And I, I thought that was so interesting because I never would have guessed that it had any effect. Like it, it didn't really like impact someone in that way, but it really does inspire that masculine soul Mm -hmm. to like occupy that space further of masculinity. And it, it does a lot for them. It really, it's nourishing. Mm -hmm. Nourishing. Yeah. That's the word that keeps coming up for me too. And I think that's where we should close because that's um, one thing I really wanted to make sure we talked about in this episode was what does the masculine love about the feminine? Because it's easy. Well, it's easy for me to say like what I love about the masculine, because I'm a feminine essence being, but I think as women and, and maybe just feminine identified beings, we don't really know. We don't really know what they like about us. Like, what do you, what do you like about my crazy wild ways and nourishment? I think is, um, it's one of the big things. And I always think I always go back to nature when I think of how does the masculine in nature love the feminine in nature? I think of a riverbed or uh, the bottom of a, a lake or an ocean without the water, what would it be? What would it have? What would, what, what would its purpose be? So I feel like the feminine gives the masculine some purpose, the purpose to being the purpose, being holding, um, supporting. And that might sound crazy to some people who are listening, who are new to this journey, but it's true that the masculine wants to support and provide for the feminine. So let that sink in, let that trigger you if it needs to trigger you. Um, but that is truly what the masculine energy is all about. Doesn't mean that your partner wants that. It doesn't mean that all men want that or all masculine wants that, but the purest form of masculine, that's what it wants because these are polarities. These are opposites. So anything that is a structure, a bowl, needs something to fill the bowl. So the feminine is, is filling and nourishing. And I almost, um, also like the, the imagery of like the earth and then water coming into the earth. So if the earth is masculine, then I could also argue that it's feminine, but let's just say that it's masculine. The water comes down into the, the dirt and it nourishes. Um, and, and just like your example, like your partner was nourished by your little cute little movement. And, through allowing yourself to move, not just physically, but moving emotions, expressing emotions, not in a toxic way, but in a, in a sovereign way of you just authentically saying, this is how I feel. 
and I own this. I'm, I'm sad right now. I'm happy right now. I'm confused right now. You opening and expressing that is literally nourishing to him. Yes, completely agree with that point too on like, okay, well they're like providing and protecting, but like, what am I doing? I'm just like dancing in the kitchen. Like it does sometimes feel like, what do they even like about like that craziness? But yeah, I'm glad that we got to touch on that. Yeah. You're giving him a purpose. So, um, so that's a good place to end, I think. And we'll be back next week with an episode on the masculine, and then we'll wrap up this series with an episode on polarity. So stay tuned for that, because that's going to be the juiciest one yet, where we're going to dive into how do you actually practice with a partner and drop in more to your feminine or more into your masculine and watch your partner go into their, um, opposite even more if that's what you want. So this is not for everyone, but this is for those people who want to practice more. Um, we'll have a lot of good tips for you there. Yes. And you can even bring polarity like into your friendships. Um, Evelyn, and I joke all the time about sometimes we'll do that with each other, where sometimes I can tell that she needs a more masculine container to manage her ideas or energy in this moment. And she does the same thing for me, like providing structure for each other. Um, we definitely do that. Um, I try to bring that into work consciously. So there's once you kind of open this door, it's everywhere. It so is. And I love that you said that about the friendship, because yes, I think we are such a great example of a friendship that is providing for each other. And we're bouncing back and forth, like in the feminine, in the masculine, because we have, we both have both sides and we now we know how to harness them so we can apply them in different ways. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Insatiable Podcast. For more free content and a chance to interact directly with Caitlin and I, head over to our Facebook group, The Insatiable Podcast, at the link in the show notes. We can't wait to meet you and interact with you. Until next week, take good care of yourself.